Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hey there, this is Chris Perry with the uh, WCHL. I'm the commissioner of the league, and hey, we had no games here over the weekend. Everybody stuffed themselves full of turkey and mashed potatoes and whatever else. So instead, we're, 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 we have a special guest on the line. Um, first, let me get through my, my jerk of a co-host here who's been laughing at me the whole before we get going. Andrew Majorkirth. Andrew, say hello to everybody, please. What's going on, everybody? Yeah, he's been making fun of me. Uh, but our special guest, all the way from Boulder, Colorado, actually he's just a little bit north of Boulder, Colorado, in the Loveland area right now, is the head coach of the University of Colorado Buffaloes, Eric Ballard. Coach Ballard, how are you tonight? I'm doing fine, Chris. Thanks for having me. Well, hey, thanks for being on. You, you were just down here in Oklahoma a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago, 10 days ago, whenever it was. And you were just busting my chops a little bit about never being on the podcast. So we said, ah, we can handle that. We can take care of that. <laughs> so well, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish is, for. Coach, Careful yeah, what you exactly. wish for. The good thing is there's only there's only 11 people that listen to this thing. So, well, I ten, mean, 10 now that we've got one of our 11 listeners on the line. <laughs> well, we, we we made up for it because uh, Gary from Missouri State he he sent me a message on Facebook and he was like, uh, "Boy, I've really missed the podcast. Where have you guys been? When's the next time it's going on?" I was like, "Dude, we've been doing like eight episodes already, so uh, we're back to eleven. Yeah, so, there you go. There we go. All right, Coach. We talk almost every day, so I kind of feel dumb asking you this, but you, the the eleven listeners out there and Andrew, especially since he's kind of thick and dense, <laughs> um, they don't know that they don't know the background of Eric Ballard. So give us a a Reader's Digest thumbnail version of Eric Ballard playing hockey, getting involved in the juniors. How'd you get involved in coaching? Give us the the lowdown. Well, I've, I'm originally from uh, northern Minnesota, a um, town called Grand Rapids, Minnesota, which is uh, known for, you know, it's hockey. Um, and uh, born and raised, uh, played my youth hockey in, in northern Minnesota and then uh, played actually my college there right in my hometown at uh, the Itasca Community College, um, which at that time, uh, junior college was actually a pretty good uh, a route for a lot of us because um, uh, a lot of people at that time back when I graduated there was no such thing as players didn't go to juniors there was a ton of true freshmen that played NCAA division one division three college so um, played my youth hockey growing up there played my college in my hometown uh, football and hockey at the at the local JC there and then uh, traveled out to California and got involved in some senior a hockey a little bit and then um, got to uh, I had my uh, my first child um, in '96 and started coaching full time in '95 uh, uh, in Alaska, and uh, started coaching junior uh, hockey about the same time I coached high school in uh, Alaska. I did a high school in Alaska for a year, and then uh, Bantam Double uh, A, and then got into the junior circuit and uh, did juniors for oh gosh. Long time. Um, spent a lot of time. Spent three, uh, excuse me, two years in Alaska, and then um, 
moved back to Minnesota, northern Minnesota, where I'm from, and and my family, myself, my two brothers, and my father, we bought a junior team. We competed in the old Minnesota Junior Hockey League, which is now no longer uh, around, a team called the Iron Range Yellow Jackets. And we owned and operated that team for three seasons in the Minnesota Junior League and and had some great success there. We actually uh, won three straight uh, league championships, three uh, straight playoff championships, uh, never lost a playoff game in three straight years, and three straight national tournament appearances with two national uh, championship title games back-to-back, and uh, lost eight games in three seasons with a junior B team up in the Minnesota Junior League. And, um, <laughs> spent a, another year in junior B, went over to Wisconsin, and, and had a, a one year in Wisconsin with a team called the Northwest Wisconsin Knights. They're, they've been folded for years. but um, And then uh, found migrated myself out to Colorado. I was actually on my way to Alaska to, to spend some time with some friends and ran into uh, a gentleman named Brad Buteau who coached 21 years in the WCHA and uh, coached at the University of Minnesota and uh, USIU and then finished his coaching college career at uh, Colorado College and uh, happened to be on the same flight with Brad and uh, he had asked me what I was doing and at that time I was I was going to take a year off of hockey and I was actually just uh, doing kitchens and, and cabinets and exterior doors in northern Minnesota and uh, had my own little construction company and Nonetheless, he, he recruited me to come to Colorado, and I started coaching AAA at the time and uh, did a f- three seasons here in Colorado with the AAA major, major program between two different programs. One was the Outlaws that I worked for Brad and then started my own AAA program called the Rocky Mountain Wranglers and uh, did that for a year and then uh, went into the North American League. Um, I was the associate head coach and recruiting uh, coordinator for the Springfield Junior Blues. And then uh, end up leaving there after a year and going to California, going back to the AAA scene. And then was fortunate enough one day I was actually scouting in the Western League for uh, an old WHL team called Chilliwack Bruins, which now it's just the um, Chilliwack Chiefs and uh, their BC team. They won the Royal Bank Cup last year. But I was on my uh, way to a recruiting event, and I ran into a guy that uh, had bought a junior team and a and put it in an old uh, defunct pro market in Fresno, California, and uh, spent one year in the Western States Hockey League there, and then uh, end up buying a uh, a North American franchise. Spent three seasons, the full three seasons, with the Fresno Monsters of the North American Hockey League. Um, at the end of my tenure there in Fresno, we we moved the team to Wenatchee, um, and uh, I decided to move back to Colorado, where uh, my current wife is from. And she uh, wanted to move back to her home state and her hometown. So moved back to Loveland. And uh, and then uh, I was kind of just in and out, figuring out what I was going to do. And and then all of a sudden I got a phone call from Chris Shook, who was at that time the rec director over at the University of Colorado in uh, Boulder and asked me if I'd be interested in coaching their ACHA team. And um, stepped in uh, five years ago. and. Uh, I'm in my fourth consecutive season at CU Boulder and, and part of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, but uh, kind of found a niche here. Uh, you know, it's a long-winded answer to your question, but kind of found a niche here uh, with CU Boulder and the ACHA and the Western Collegiate League. So here we are. Here we are. I like it. The 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 thing, Andrew, and you get a little taste of it, and 
Andrew recruited or helped me recruit here with uh, at Oklahoma. The thing I always like uh, talking with uh, with you about Eric is is recruiting. There's not a kid that's playing junior hockey that you don't know, didn't know, haven't talked to their family. You know everybody that's ever basically set foot on the ice um, that's that has some talent because um, you, you you're just. Your tentacles are, uh, they go everywhere in terms of uh, the, the depth and the wit and the, and the breadth of junior hockey. You know, most everyone who's, who's got some talent. Well, I appreciate that. That's it. Many, and you know, Chris, you've been around for a long time. And it's, you know, there's a lot of coaches that are coaching in the USHL or North American League or even in Canada that, you know, some of those kids I actually coached in juniors or I coached against or I, I played with their parents, uh, with their dad. It's, and I think the longer you stay in this game, the fraternity is – the higher you get in every level, the fraternity gets smaller and smaller and smaller. But it is uh, – it's a, it's definitely a, an advantage for me because it's, you know, a few phone calls here and there. And, um, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a gentleman named Joe Dibble who coached in the North American League for the Janesville Jets for quite a few years, set a lot of records with Janesville, you know, NCAA Division One college commitments and – and, you know, a ton of 40-plus win seasons and an extremely accomplished coach. And um, I was talking to Joe about a month ago, and it just dawned on me, you know, a couple years ago when he was having all that success that when I was coaching my junior B team in Minnesota, I had a kid from uh, Finland who was the leading scorer of the Minnesota Junior League. And Joe Dibble was a 15-year-old defenseman that was – and if he hears this, I'm not afraid to say it. he was a subpar hockey player, but boy, he could fight. <laughs> and uh, my uh, my Finnish kid uh, was extremely talented, could put the puck in the net from anywhere on the ice. And I've still got a picture of when Joe decided he was going to uh, make sure he kind of leveled the playing field by taking Maddie. And Maddie, he couldn't fight his way through a snowbank with a snowplow. And he, uh, he mopped the ice with him pretty good. And Here's a, is, is again getting back to your point. Is here's a guy that I coached against as as a player, um, you know, it, it, in my coaching career, and even something close hits closer to home. Jeremy Law, who coaches Missouri State, who was having a great year in our Western Collegiate League, um, I coached against Lazi as an 18 year old hockey player in Alaska. He was playing <laughs> for the Peninsula Hellfighters Junior B team, and I was coaching the. Sinbad Sailors, and he was an 18-year-old punk kid from Canada, and now, you know, we're squaring up across each other from on the benches. So, yeah, there's no question. Being in the game as long as I have has given me definitely an advantage that uh, I definitely enjoy because I, I don't need to have a lot of windshield time, and I don't need to be uh, jet setting all over the country. A few phone calls here and there, and it's it's kind of nice to get your hands on some high-end players. Uh, so, yeah, I, I appreciate the kind words, but there's. There's no no question. I've been around for a long time, and it's uh, it it definitely uh, have a lot of, as you call them, tentacles all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Your 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 the Rolodex and your uh, <laughs> and your telephone's got to be uh, got to be pretty damn big. As, uh, you, you, there, I, we can talk about anybody. We can pull up a kid you know, who's playing in Flin Flon. Oh yeah, I know that kid. <laughs> and, 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 and he won't just say I know that kid. He'll say, Oh yeah, he's five ten, two seventy, shoots right. You know, can't fight his way out of a paper bag. Where can he skate? You know, it's it's uh, funny you say that because my my wife will say that to me right now. She'll be uh, 
uh, I can forget certain dates and certain times of my personal life, but boy, I tell you, you bring up a hockey player's name and I'll be able to recite height, weight, shot, date of birth, uh, hometown, who coached him. And I feel like sometimes I'm the rain man of, of the ACHA. <laughs> <laughs> the rain man. That's great. Well, obviously that, that, that expertise has helped you out because you've taken Colorado. They were, uh, when they first came into the ACHA, it, well, let, let's back up. Colorado was a storied program at the ACHA division two level. You took over, uh, at CU Boulder when it was their very first year of playing ACHA men's division one. And that was a rough, that was a rough season that very first year, even though you had, you had a little bit of talent, it was still a rough year. Yeah, I wouldn't even say a little bit. Um, we were, you know, that year was an interesting year. I'd taken the job July 2nd. So, you know, obviously admissions had closed and, and that was the first year I'd met you. And, and I took a team full of, we called them the Island of Misfit Toys. And they were a, a group of young men that skill-wise didn't belong on the same sheet of ice with 95% of the teams we played. And we played Arizona State, who won the national championship that year. We played Oklahoma that you helped build, and they, they had Johnson, and they had some Canadian BCHL guys. And, and I had some kids that played single-A and double-A hockey. Um, but, you know, the one thing about that season, I, I enjoyed that season so much, and I, I, can, I can recite the statistics like it was yesterday. We started out in the first semester 1-11-1. and and I had a group of young men that just were so coachable. They listened. They kept. They just bought in. And the second semester, we went. You know, we we finished the season eleven, nineteen, and two. And it was a complete turnaround. And we, the one thing, and I know you'll remember his name. The one thing we had is we had a, a goaltender that was second to none. Alex Palumbo was just a, a storied type player. We had two NHL amateur scouts in the building to watch him more than once that year. And he just, he kept us in games. We played Arizona and Arizona and played them so tight. I think uh, Alex that night had 69 saves and we lost three, one to, to the, you know, eventually the national championship team. So um, we, we were definitely undermanned, but we definitely, you know, those kids gave it their all. And I actually still stay in touch with that group more than I have most of my group since then. Um, because it was such a, it was such one of those years where a little frustrating at times because man for man, body for body, we didn't match up, but, uh, um, definitely a tough year to say the least, uh, from my first education to the ACHA and, um, being from Minnesota and being very familiar with the NCAA division one and division three ranks, you know, my, my preconceived notion of what ACHA hockey was, was, Ah, uh, you know, these kids are kids that can't play. These kids are kids that, you know, you know don't belong. And boy, I, I I found out the hard way there was some extremely talented hockey players in this league. And matter of fact, that year that we played that I would coach here the first year, ASU had seven of my former players that had played junior or midget for me. And wow. when I when we squared off against ASU, I thought, oh my God, these kids are. I mean, I coached these kids at some point in their career, and holy moly, were we in for a rude awakening? So, <laughs> yeah, kids like Brett Blomgren and Fez Khan and Taylor Holstrom and or Zach Holstrom and um, 
I mean, I could go on and on and on. There was just, you know, um, Kyle Bowen and just a really talented group of young men that played over at ASU that year for Greg Powers. And again, I had the privilege of coaching those kids at some point in their career. So definitely uh, it was a tough first year, but uh, it's gotten better every year since. I'd say so. It's gotten better every uh, every year since. Uh, the Buffs have gone to Nationals uh, ever since, ever since that very first year. And uh, you've, you've obviously it's been uh, the, you've been a big part of that uh, rebuilding program. You've taken the buffs from being the, the, the doormat of the WCHL that first year. And now they're one of the heavy hitters, top 10 team for the most part. I know this year you guys are kind of, you know, uh, struggling a little bit to put some W's together. But, uh, you know, everyone recognizes that the buffs have a, a ton of talent and uh, are just a hard team to play against. And, uh, so what, three years in a row now to go to Nationals? Three years in a row for me. Yeah, I was here for a year, that first year in the Western Collegiate. And then I took uh, I took a year off. Um, I wanted to go coach uh, my son. My son's who's 22 now. He's actually playing in the ACHA in Williston State. He came out of high school hockey in the Elite League. And his, his goal in life was to one day play for me and so I, I took a tier three job and, and signed him to a contract. And I had the privilege and, the, and the, the honor of coaching my son for his first year junior and um, hardest job I ever had. Uh, so after year one, I, I, I told my son it was, it was, I enjoyed it, but there was just no way I was going to be able to do it again. And uh, <laughs> I, I think it, <laughs> it was I harder son, on me than it, yeah, it was harder on me than it was on him. And, and he was a trooper, like, uh, you know, he, he he took more of a beating verbally and emotionally than any one player on that team, and he was resilient for it. But at the end of the day, Dad didn't do well with, with uh, you know, holding him to a higher set of standards. And um, and I and I, I commend him for it, but it was really tough on me. And so I decided I was going to do something different, and then uh, – CU Boulder came back available. It was uh, it was just a kind of a timing thing, and so when when the students at CU Boulder called and asked me if I'd like to come back, I said absolutely. And uh, so I've been there again in my fourth year, so three straight consecutive seasons uh, for national tournament berth. And uh, um, you know, obviously this year's up in the air, but I have full confidence in the group I've got. I mean, we've got fifteen freshmen, and uh, sure. and I've got five true freshmen that have never played a single game of junior hockey. So wow. we've, we've got a group of young men that are coachable. They listen, uh, they buy into each other. They're doing all the little things. And, and, you know, you've watched us play. Um, and, and obviously some, even some coaches in our league, um, we've got the respect of those coaches, even though we're not winning all the time. Um, you know, we're, we're getting better every day. And the most important thing is you know, Chris, you and I talk, you know, quite a bit, they don't hand out trophies in October and November. So, um, and until, until the last buzzer goes off in February there for the last grading, um, I have full confidence. We'll, we'll make it four consecutive to nationals. And, um, this team will be, you know, will we be a top 10 team this year? Probably not. And that's okay. We're okay with that. Um, but, uh, keeping the eye on the prize is definitely still Frisco and in, in the national championships in Dallas with the Dallas stars. So there's, we definitely want to be there. Well, obviously, I definitely want you guys to be there. Uh, ranked twentieth right now, but as we always talk about, they don't—they're uh, not handing out trophies in November. 
So uh, got plenty of time to move up and you got plenty of opportunities and, and huge games still ahead of you um, to move up. So that's, that's kind of exciting. Now let's, let's go back. You've been three years. You went two years in Columbus. Where was the first nationals that, that you went to? Chicago. Was that Chicago? Oh, yeah. That's Robert Chicago. Morris. Yeah. Robert Morris hosted my first season <laughs> and then two yeah. straight seasons uh, at Columbus. Yeah. Okay. I, I I forgot about Chicago. It's easy yeah. for me to do that. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We have memories of Chicago, don't we? <laughs> yeah. I, I, and you played Iowa State. I remember uh, like both times, right? Both two times. Both now? times. Two times. Yeah. So year one we played Iowa State and a good game. Um, we lost. Uh, I believe we want to say I lost five three or five two, an empty netter, and then. Uh, Year two, we went in and we played them in Columbus, and we lost three um, two. Mm-hmm. And then last year, we were fortunate enough to not square up with them, but we we did square up with uh, University of Michigan Dearborn, uh, very talented team. But uh, we were prepared, and we had a ton of seniors. We really did. We had Matt Anders and uh, Eric Kardash, Colin Champagne. I mean, I could go on and on and on. But we had some guys that could, you know, they'd known the system, they understood so. We took it to Dearborn pretty good, but then we saw our old nemesis Minot State in game two. But great game. Could have went either way. We lost 2-1 to, to get into the final eight. But, uh, uh, you know, there's uh, no question. That's, that's, that's a great platform for, for this league. I mean, you get there and all, those, all 20 of those teams can play in, on any given night. That's right. There's no, no, no laydowns at Nationals. Yeah, you've got to show up. You've got to bring it. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Michigan Dearborn. I, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm glad you beat them. Those guys, uh, they, they brought, I remember the first year they, they came down, boy, they brought like a busload of fans down and they were really obnoxious. And uh, so I was, I was really glad you beat them and sent those fans on home. Now, now I say that with my WCHL hat on, with my ACHA hat on and obviously wanting the big gate. And I was like, oh, damn it. Yeah. But, uh, oh, well, with my WCHL hat, I was like, yes. <laughs> well, we had All to get right, that well, monkey off our back too. We'd had two straight seasons of losing game one, and and we were we were pumped up. We were pumped up for that game, so it was it was good for us. No, no question. Very, very nice, very nice. And so, so we we talked about a little bit this season so far. Ranked twentieth, struggling, trying to get some W's here and there to put it all together. I've seen you guys when you're when you're struggling. I've seen you guys when you're just an absolute beast and you're clicking and everything is just like a, a well-oiled machine. You've got a scary team there. I mean, that that number 10, Trace Jablin, he can fly. And he can, when he's clicking and when his line was clicking, they, those guys, can that kid can score at will. That line can. No question. Some, that Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Jablin, Doyle, Carter back. line is just, it's a senior line. Um, you know, Trace has got great speed, great hockey sense, spent some time in the North American League. Was a, he's an NCAA D3 transfer from Endicott. Um, Luke Carter, Canadian boy, dual citizen, you know, played three years in the OJ, captained his team um, in the OJ and, and went to, you know, two Dudley Hewitts in a Royal Bank Cup. Um, and then, you know, Chris Doyle has just been one of those, those kind of those unsung heroes that been a third, fourth line guy for his entire career. And a uh, window of opportunity opened up this year when we had one of our top players decide that he was going to be just an academic kid. And, and Chris stepped in and he's, uh, 
he's taking the bull by the horns, no question. And so when that line is clicking, it's it's definitely um, it's a fun line to watch. Um, they're very talented. Um, but that's all, you know, at the same time is a little bit of our Achilles heel too, is at sometimes if that line's not clicking, then we run into a position where everybody's looking down the bench, you know, waiting for that line to step up and do the job, except, you know, instead of stepping in and, and kind of being that, that secondary and third part of our scoring, um, which I think now we're starting to see my team find a way to get that second and third and fourth line contributions. And, and even defensively, defensively with Joe Consala, Ben Hall, uh, freshman ben Silas Callion, um, Matt Adams. I mean, we've got, we, we've got a really good back end. And I believe, I mean, I don't look at stats all too often, but I want to say Joe Consala might be my second leading scorer as a D man. So, um, he plays. He plays like almost every other shift. You, you put him out there. I, I remember the. I've seen him now a couple of times uh, up in up in Boulder against Arizona State, and um, uh, a couple times now down here in Oklahoma when you came down and played UCO and OU, and um, Consala seemed to be out there every other shift. And, and, and I'm sure he wasn't. I'm sure you you know you got more than four defensemen, so he was. I know that, but. He was just omnipresent. He was everywhere. There's he no question. Yeah, there's no question. Joe sees a lot of very, very important minutes for us. He's he's my first first rotation guy. He's uh, he runs my first power play unit, um, and he kills penalties so well. Um, big, strong. You know, works hard. He's got a you know an NHL type shot. I mean, he can absolutely fire the pill. So. Um, it's hard for it's hard to not put him on the ice consistently, uh, especially in in games within the Western Collegiate League. Because obviously, um, this league is one of those leagues where everybody's winning on any given night. So, yeah, Joe. Uh, mm-hmm. As I pull it up here, Joe's third on my team in points, and uh, of my top six, I've got I've got three defensemen in my top six in scoring. I was say Hull's got to be up there because he, he just fires <laughs> bombs from the blue line. Yeah, Ben. Ben is actually uh, him and Silas are one of our freshmen. D. They're both uh, Ben's at eight points and Silas is at nine. So and Joe is actually at fourteen. So, uh, uh-huh. but but Trace leads our team with eight goals. Uh, he's our leading goal scorer. He's got eighteen points, uh, eight and ten. But um, and four power play goals, which is really important because uh, you know you're either up a man or down a man a third of the game, and and our power play's been. Our power play has been clicking between 26 and 30% all year, which has been really nice. That's, that's great. Wow, that's that's awesome. And I, and I think really one of the one things that Chris and I talk about, and I've even talked about it with uh, Coach Berge here at the rink and after he hangs out at practice and stuff like that is, you know, once the puck starts going your guys' way and you guys start getting that favorable bounce, like, watch out because, you know, everybody knows you've got a good team, right? And you just haven't been getting the good bounces to get the wins, like uh, Chris said. And I, Chris and I have talked about it and talked about it with a few people that as soon as that buck starts going your way and you get those good bounces on your side, like, watch out because they know you guys are for real. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that, Andrew. And, and you're right. And that comes with, it's a really, in my opinion, it's a real simple equation. You're dealing with a ton of freshmen. You're dealing with a ton of players that 
really kind of feeling their way through things. And uh, it, it's, it's just consistency. And I've been fortunate and extremely spoiled the last three years having, again, having guys like Matt Anders, uh, Colin Champagne, you know, Eric Kardash. They can literally change the fate of the game uh, all by themselves sometimes. So yeah, I appreciate that. And, and I think that's exactly where we're at is we're, we're a half a step away from you know, we bottle it up. And, and the one thing about it is expectations are set high because, as Chris said before, you know, you, you take a look at game two against ASU at home here in Boulder. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it was it was a one-sided affair. The, the ice was tilted. And, and you know, even Tate said after – Tate Green, I said after the game, he just said, geez, he said barely, we could barely hang on. And, you know, and that was one of those games where – Things were moving, things were clicking, but it comes down to confidence and it comes down to experience and it comes down to guys actually believing in themselves they can get it done. So yeah, um, get it done. They get it done. And that's that's where we're at right now. We're kind of on that precipice of okay, we can do it. Now we just have to consistently bring it every day. And um, you know, I think second semester will be uh, a, a better a better run for us with guys settled in. But I also know that, you know, this weekend as we, we come up on rivalry week at the in-state uh, CSU Rams that uh, for whatever reason have found ways to win on the, on the back of guys like Joe Morgan and, and some of their, you know, Nitchin and um, you know, some of their Riley, other players and uh, say. Yeah, yeah. And say and Kyle Riley, who I know well, my son played with him in juniors and, I coached Max Laguerre, one of their players in junior, and so uh, and and we know we talk about it all the time, Chris. It, it's a rivalry weekend. It's all bets are off. They don't care if yep. you're coming in. CSU's coming in at uh, ten and two, and Boulder's coming in at two and ten. It's all bets are off when you start to when you start to put in no different than what you guys got going on down there with UCO and OU. Yep, yep. And that, you bet. That I mean, it's uh, a street fight. Yeah. I wouldn't really want to give the uh, commissioner any credit, but, you know, it kind of, I think it speaks a little bit of volume for the league when, you know, I think we could all agree that Colorado State, Arizona State, and Arkansas are the bottom three teams in the league right now. And if you don't show up prepared and ready to play, you're you're going to lose that night, right? And uh, you got to take care of business. And I think top to bottom, like you said, any anybody can win and, and rivalry week going into it is uh, – it's going to be tough, and there's going to be some surprises, I think, coming out of it by next week. Looking oh, back I would, at it, I, yeah, I would agree with that 100. percent And and I think there's just there's hatred, a good hatred, not John Tortorella hatred, but a good <laughs> hatred. Um, as as a matter of fact, I mean, if we're speaking just plainly, I mean, I love Torts when he says what he says uh, in the National Hockey League. It's a hug fest out there, and. And I just I grew up a little differently in northern Minnesota, a little smash mouth, blue collar, bring your hard hat and work boots hockey. And and by no means was I a skilled player. By no by no means as a player, I was a I was a football player that decided he wanted to be a hockey player, basically what it came down to. But um there's no question those games there's across the state, I'm sure UCO and OU have it. Colorado State and the University of Colorado, I mean, that's a huge rivalry. And um, you know, Arizona, Arizona State. I mean, I've seen some of those games where, you know, I think Arizona State had beat a- U of A, I don't know, 20 plus times straight, you know, before they finally turned the page. So, yeah, rivalry week is always fun, not only just to, to coach and be a part of your own program, but to see everybody else beat the heck out of each other. It's, it's, uh, it's especially fun for, for CU and CSU because you guys, uh, 
You guys add a little special flair to it. One of the games, I think it's one of the games this week on Sunday coming up, is going to be played at the Pepsi Center, which is where the NHL Colorado Avalanche play. That's right there in downtown Denver, right? That's correct, yep. And then don't don't they play one of the games up there? Or maybe they used to. They used to play it at the, at the Bud Event Center where the uh, East Coast League, and I don't know, I think they're American League now, but that's where the Colorado Eagles play. That's correct. Yeah, they used to do uh, one game at Pepsi, one game at Bud, and but the Budweiser Event Center game was tough. They always got really poor dates, and um, you know, and it, CSU always had that that ticket item on the line. They had to pay for that ice. Um, the Avs are really good. We have a really good relationship with the Colorado Avalanche, Jason Schofield and Jason McPherson over there, and we don't pay for the ice. Um, they do a ton of the promoting, if not all the promoting for the game. Um, you know, obviously we wish we could get more fans in there, but yeah, that's, it's a really big game for us down there because it's, uh, it's just a great honor to, to, to be a part of something like the NHL and the, and the Colorado Avalanche and, and what they do for us down there is just second to none. It's, and, uh, so yeah, we play Friday up at Epic and this year is our home game at the Pepsi. And, uh, so Sunday, uh, December 2nd, we'll square off against, uh, CSU at uh, at the Pepsi Center and you know obviously you, you, that's a big game for us. We've never uh, we've never not since I've coached here we've never lost that game. Um, so I remember watching one game you throttled them pretty good. Yeah, we've had some pretty good blowouts in at uh, the Pepsi on our behalf. There's no question we've had an eight two and an eight five game and yeah we we always seem to bring it in the big rink and. Uh, so when the fans are not, I think it's just the atmosphere. We all get a little jacked up, uh, including the coaching staff. And, and I think it goes back to when I coached in the North American League, and, and especially in Fresno, we played in an 8,000-seat facility. And um, it's just uh, it's kind of like old home week for me. I like the big venues. I like the those type of uh, situations for, for me as, as a coach because I get more prepared, and, um, and I think the guys kind of feed off that. So yeah, we've had, uh, we've had pretty good success there as, as a program. Even when I was there it's the kinda... first year, we lost to, uh, Kelly Newton and, and CSU in, in overtime, uh, with that team. And that team, that team wasn't very good, but, uh, we even got a, we brought it that night and we lost three, two in overtime. And so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good week. We're looking forward to, uh, getting after it this week for sure. Very nice. Well, to, let's talk a little bit about that home field advantage because the CU Rec Center, the Boulder Rec Center is pretty awesome. If you've never been up there, uh, the rink is not just a, a standalone rink by itself like it is at other places at Oceanside or Arctic Edge up in Edmond. The The rink is part of the, uh, it's right in the middle of the University of Colorado campus. And it's part of the, what, what would you say, part of the health and recreational sciences building? I mean, you walk in and there's, kids lifting weights and there's girls on treadmills and people climbing rock walls and you got to walk past the judo court and the basketball court and the, I mean, there's everything going on there. Why does it have to be girls on treadmills? (laughs) For you, Andrew, I think they would allow boys on treadmills. You can can check out the boys in yoga pants on treadmills. That was more of ellipticals, but um, there's no question. It's uh, (laughs) It's a you know it's a sixty three million dollar rec center and inside the rec inside the recreational center is is our twelve million dollar facility so um, there's no questions we have the and I'm not saying anything negative about anybody in our conference but 
We have a rink on campus. It's literally in the rec center. It's second to none. There's not another program that, that you know, has what we have. So we're very fortunate, very blessed, and extremely thankful for that. Um, yeah, so it, it's there's no question the home ice there is is very it's easy. We play really good at home. We really do. And, uh, you know, those are always tough games for anybody that comes in. But, unfortunately, we won't see the CU Rec Center until after the New Year as far as games. So. Um, we play Friday at Epic and then obviously Saturday or Sunday down at Pepsi. So we saw our last home game, geez, over a month ago. Was um, it the Arizona games and the Utah games? I believe it was the Utah game was our last home game. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Well, then it's, uh, you, you guys are blessed with, uh, with that great facility up there. And, uh, uh I, I'm sure that will, that'll get packed when you play CSU at the end of the, uh, spring semester. It's always a sold out crowd every year. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's uh, that's a that's a pretty wild uh, wild time at CU Boulder. There's no question. I know <laughs> last year it was sold out, and then the, the, we played Friday night at Boulder, and then we played Saturday night at CSU, and even the Epic uh, rink that night on Saturday night was jam packed. Um, so it, it's a it's a great rivalry, CSU CU rivalry, and it, it stems from from the football days. I mean, I really do, and we, we've we've kind of stole their name. We call it the Rocky Mountain Showdown, and it's the hockey version. Uh, they do it every year with the football program, CU versus CSU, um, and we kind of piggyback that that philosophy. So yeah, it's uh, it's a big it's a big weekend for us, and not to mention, like you said earlier, Chris, where you know we were we were unfortunate enough to get uh, leapfrogged by CSU last weekend. They went to nineteen, we went to twenty, so. Um, you know, if we can't get up for these games, we're going to have to make sure we check our pulse. No kidding, no kidding. That's, I mean, rivalry week is uh, is a no brainer. You shouldn't have to do any uh, motivating, motivational speeches to get kids ready to go to beat up on their in state rival. These are the ones you you want to win the most. If you're going to win okay. games, if you're only going to win these games all, all year long, you can only win two or four. These are the games you want to win. Absolutely, hands down. I would agree with that. All right, well, let's talk about something else because it's kind of fun. This year, you've been uh, honored. You were chosen as one of uh, three coaches that gets to coach the U.S. men's national team that's going to represent the United States over in Krasnoryarsk, Russia. I hope I said that right. At the 2019 Winter World University Games. Are you sure you really want to go to Russia? (laughs) Uh, you know what? what yeah, absolutely, that you couldn't get you couldn't pry me away, and it's a it's a great honor. It's a great honor. I I, I can't thank yeah. uh, you know USA Hockey and and the support I got from you know the people that got me involved like yourself, Chris, and um and then obviously Roger Grillo and and Ashley Bevan and and um you know the selection committee and and I think that uh, it's obviously it's great for for the program it's great for the university it's great for my my student athletes um you know and it's great for for the acha to still be involved uh, with something like this and uh, i had the pleasure of talking to a former coach that went over there last term um we sent over alex tamby and, and matt anders who both were really successful and um you know uh, they say that's it's one of the best you know, run operating uh, programs out there as far as the World Universe Games. It's our version of the Olympics. And I'm very excited about getting over there and being a part of it and um, helping US, uh, USA, uh, you know, qualify for a medal. And, 
but yeah, it, it, it's a great honor. I'm really excited to be a part of it for sure. I just, I, I think it's, I think it's extra cool. I think it's very cool to, to participate. You know, for, for years I was kind of down on it because I was like, uh, you know, it's right in the middle of school and I want to win a championship. I, but I, I get it now. I, it, it clicked over the years with me as to why you, you, you'd want to go. You're representing your country. Those opportunities to wear the USA on your chest are few and far between, if, if ever for, for most of us. So I think that's, uh, really cool. The only problem though is it's Krasno York, Russia. You know, if it was Milan, Italy, I think what the next one two years from now is somewhere in Spain. No, it's in Switzerland. Switzerland. Oh, okay. There you go. Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was yeah. Kazakhstan two years ago. Russia, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, it's a lot of K's and a lot of S's, whatever it is, Krasnoyarsk. Um, and the theme for the Winter World University Games is real winter. <laughs> like, I mean, it's what, 33 degrees up there in Boulder right now? Yeah, it's, you know, it's already cold right enough. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's cold enough, and they're advertising this thing as real winter in Siberia, basically. Oh. Holy crap! You need to bring a lot of hand warmers with you. <laughs> yeah, I think I. You know what? At the end of the day, and and you guys know this. It's being from where I'm from. It's it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal to be in the cold. You know, I mean, I again, northern Minnesota, where. It snows on Halloween, and and there's such thing as cabin fever, and we don't get a break until opening fishing. Usually, uh, you know, is a week that right before opening fishing, the ice finally leaves out. And matter of fact, last year in northern Minnesota, where I'm from, uh, they pushed uh, opening fishing back one season or one week because uh, the ice hadn't left the lakes yet. So not a big deal for me. And and you, when you're in the rink, you could care less. You, I mean, it's. But uh, yeah. it's going to be an interesting and a very unique uh, uh, setting. I think that, uh, you know, just knowing, and, you know, I've talked about it, Chris, just knowing that the level of talent, the level of play, uh, what other countries put their best teams forward, you know, to, to win. Um, and I think it's, uh, I think it's just a, it's a great honor, great privilege for these student athletes to represent the United States um, on a national stage and, and a worldly stage, forgive me, um and, and represent the ACHA and 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 just uh it just it, there's no downside to it for sure I don't care if it was in uh, if it was in Siberia I think I'd still want to be a part of it well you you're you're right I'm making I'm having fun at their expense, <laughs> at your expense I'm not going. no it's okay it's okay but you you but you're right I mean when you when you go on these things I mean people think that you're going to go out sightseeing or something and reality is you're going to see a plane, a bus, a hotel, and a rink, and that's it. You know, uh, that's life on the road, yeah. life when you travel. It's usually, you know, the, the plane or a bus, the the hotel, the restaurant, wherever you're going to eat, if you're, if you're not eating at the hotel, and then you're going to go to the rink. So. Yeah, that's in, and that's just it. It's, it's an isolated situation, international play. You're there for, a, you're there to do one job, and you're there to win. It's not about development. It's it's about understanding a system and a framework out of the gate, getting players all on the same page, making small minor adjustments, um, and playing to the best of your ability to, to give yourself the best opportunity in 60 minutes to win and find yourself in a crossover medal game. And um, Yeah, so it's uh, you're going to be consumed with hockey full time. It's really hard to kind of. Uh, really understand where you're at, and the fact, other than the fact you're representing the United States and playing for uh, playing for something that the 
Herb Brooks and the 80 Olympic team uh, accomplished. Obviously, we're not on that level or at that scale, but um, I'm a firm believer you you got to put uh, you got to put that kind of effort into it for sure. Uh, understanding, you know, what you're representing. When when you're helping to build the team, how much of a factor is it that the you're playing on Olympic ice versus a uh, an NHL regulation sheet like we play on for the most part here in the states? Well, I think it's huge. I think I think that's the big thing. And when we're when we're, as a coaching staff and a, and a panel of of coaches looking at these student athletes, skating has to be one of the one of the top three you know criteria. Um, you may be able to stick handle on phone booth and you got a great shot, but if you can't possess the puck or win races to the open puck and skate and create separation and time and space for yourself, you're going to have a hard time. And now, obviously, I, this is my first international uh, games, but when I coach in the North American League, in our conference, um, we at that time had the Kenai River Brown Bears, who we were actually still in the North American League. But Soldatna Sports Center was the only Olympic shot, sheet in our division. And before Jeff Brown and John Cooper, legendary John Cooper, um, when they were coaching in St. Louis – um, that was the only Olympic sheet in the facility in the entire North American league was Kenai and Soldatna. And then the one in St. Louis. So when you played those games, you had an extra 15 feet on either side. There was, it just, it was a big adjustment. It was a real big adjustment. So to answer your question, Chris, I think it's huge. It's, it's, I think it's extremely integral that when picking a team, you have to have a team that can get up and down the ice. You have to have a team that can possess the puck and make solid, smart decisions uh, with the puck, manage the puck, if you will. Um, so I think I don't think it's a, a hindrance, if you will, but I think it definitely adds an element that you have to look at when you're when you're choosing these student athletes to represent uh, the ACHA and USA Hockey for this this team. Uh, it has to be something that you definitely take into consideration. Now, have you have you if you played or coached on an international thing? You've you've coached up in Canada a few times, right? I've yeah, I've coached in Canada. I, my my junior team we played in Canada quite a bit. Um, and then when I was in the North American League, Dawson Creek, British Columbia was one of our teams. So yeah, I've coached across the border. But as far as international play, where you're putting a team together for you know basically two and a half weeks, this is my first go around as far as being in that situation. So, um, but cool. definitely have the experience prior to that and at the higher levels as far as player selection and. Uh, whether it's all-star games or NCAA Division One, you know, recruits whatsoever, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, it's going to be an interesting going there in February. How long uh, how long have they have they said the flight's going to be to get from Boulder to Krasnoyarsk? You know, we we had a conference call two weeks ago, and and there was uh, we're going out of Boston. So I believe we go Boston to I want to say Switzerland or Zurich. I can't. I don't have my notes in front of me. Um, it's mm-hmm. a little bit surreal for me still. But we have two legs to get there, and I think it's an overall. I think around eighteen hours of, of oh flight gosh. time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I yeah, start crying so when it's, it's in two hours. Oh, wow. I have a hard time uh, find, even flying from Denver to uh, Naples in the spring, even though I'm pretty excited about uh, going to Naples and, and seeing you and a lot of the other college coaches. Uh, even at three and a half, four hours, I'm, I'm itching in my seat. So I, uh, <laughs> this is going to be tough for me because I think uh, I'm going to have to 
sedate myself with some type of sleeping uh, <laughs> sleeping agent to make sure I can wake up when I get there. <laughs> that sounds like me on the bus. I get in that bottom <laughs> bunk and hit the Z-Quill and I'm, I wake me up when I get there. Oh, yeah. Wow. Brutal, brutal. All right. Well, hey, we got to talk about this because before when you were here in Oklahoma before the Thanksgiving holiday mm -hmm. and you had mentioned, you said, hey, what are you going to do? We were just BSing around. And you had mentioned you're going to cook a 30-pound turkey. Oh, the 30-pound turkey. Oh, mm. tell us you didn't cook a 30-pound turkey. Or did you? You know, No, unfortunately, at that time, I, th I told you that we were trying to get one and we couldn't get one. So I had to settle for a 20-pounder. And uh, oh. I was extremely disappointed. And uh, <laughs> so I, I cook anywhere from a 25 to 30-pounder every year because I love the turkey sandwiches. and. Uh, this year it was actually you and I had spoken and it was just going to be me and my wife and uh -huh. uh, my in-laws, uh, my wife's mom and her stepfather live in town. So we had called uh, to just wish them a happy Thanksgiving and their plans had fallen through. So they decided to join us for dinner that night, which worked out great. But my, my late mother taught me how to cook a really good turkey and I'm not giving any secrets away, but um so when we got done, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law said, hey, we'd like to take some of that home. And I thought, oh, I, I told my wife, I'm a little bummed out. I got to give some of my turkey away. But uh, <laughs> long story short, I carved up I carved up half of that and I, I gave them half the turkey. And usually I have turkey for a week and a half to 10 days. And uh, oh. and I'm, oh, I'm, down, I'm down to about two sandwiches left is all I got because uh, – I had to, I had to share, and I'm not too happy about sharing my turkey. You know, you're you're talking about sharing turkey. I, I'm I ain't, I'm angry when I have to share pie. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah. So I I live like a mile and a half from you. I'm literally on the phone with you. I'm sitting a mile and a half from you right now. And last week you're talking about this blueberry banana pie thing that uh -huh. you, and you described it down to a T. And I'm still sitting here wondering if I'm going to have, like, come home from work and have a piece sitting on my front porch. Oh, or, a, or a phone call that says, hey, I've got a piece of pie cut up for you. Why don't you come over and let's enjoy a piece of this pie real quick. But <laughs> nothing. You know, nothing. 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 Well, maybe, Andrew, maybe Andrew should, and, oh, go ahead. No, I was no, going to no, say, maybe he should talk to, talk to Eric about learning how to share, you know. <laughs> well, Andrew, I, Andrew, the only thing I've got to tell you is when you decide to bring Mrs. and Mr. and Mrs. Claus back, you might get a piece of that pie. <laughs> oh, there you go. Giving me a hard time. My Christmas ornaments got stolen this morning, and these guys are yeah. busting on me. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, Whoever's I... got those Christmas ornaments from his front yard is my hero of the week. <laughs> they're my number one star. That's for sure. Well, uh, well. like. Unlike Eric, I had family over, and uh, I might both of my kids were in town for Thanksgiving, and um, they ate all the pie. So sorry, uh -huh. Andrew. I was gonna. They ate my my little CSU Ram. She ate Andrew's piece of pie. So, uh huh. Yeah. Well, you know what though? She, she deserves it. Damn right she yeah. does. I'll, she's I'll, gonna put up. I'll she's gonna to put up with you, and and yeah. I mean, I poor girl. Poor I'll talk girl to her about right. those. Are you? What what tickets was she wanting? She was wanting some Ariana Grande tickets oh, or something like well, that coming not, up. You know, oh gosh! Yeah, you know? I'll, I'll, I'll talk to her about that now. <laughs> I've, I've suffered for my kids. I've brought them. What Eric? What's the worst thing you? What's the worst thing you've suffered through for 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 your kids? I mean, your your kids are growing now. Um, yeah, my kids 22. are getting there. 
the worst thing I've suffered through with my kids was I sat through, I brought my daughter and uh, met my son at a Kanye West concert and we had to suffer through that. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say, you, you stole my punchline, Chris, because I remember the day you went there. And yes. you and I talked that day before and after. And I was yes. just going to say, listen, you're, you're the dad of the year or the century because there's no way I, number one, I wouldn't, I, you couldn't get me to go to a Kanye West concert. And it's nothing about <laughs> him personally. I think his music's garbage. Um, but at the end of the day, there's no way. If my kids asked me to go to a Kanye West concert, I would say, I'll drop you off and pick you up. Uh -huh. um, but the, the worst thing I've had to sit through, you know what? I, I've been pretty fortunate. Um, I haven't had to go do much that I haven't enjoyed. Um, my daughter was in dance um, and she lived in Minnesota with my ex-wife. So I got to go back and, and see that every year. And that was a lot of fun, um, choreography and stuff like that. But no, I've been lucky. Um, I think the other thing too is because uh, uh, <laughs> I, my kids just, I, for whatever reason, I don't, I wouldn't want to hang out with me either. My kids don't want to hang out with me in public events. So I'm um, <laughs> pretty fortunate. I'm pretty fortunate in that regard. Um, when it comes to family vacations or, or doing stuff of that nature, it's a different conversation, but I'm not sure if I embarrass them or, or which I, it's a good possibility, but uh, no, I, I haven't had to suffer through much of anything. It's been uh been a pretty good run for me so far. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've uh, you, you you live in the nice big metropolis of Denver, so you can easily just drive and drop somebody off and pick them up later. I, I live in the boons of Oklahoma, so you know concerts are, uh, are are down in Dallas, and so I've yeah I've had to I've done my fair share of Bieber, um, Ariana Grande. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I saw a band called R Five once. I had this, and, and I was, I was, it was kind of funny because all the kids, all the girls are up front by the stage and all the dads are in the back, you know, <laughs> going, oh, please let us get through. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> suffered with, uh, suffered with Kanye. Oh my gosh. Uh, like you said, you're a trooper. You're yeah, an absolute yeah. trooper, buddy. Uh, either that or stupid or probably a combination of the both. <laughs> a combination. Uh, One day right. they'll, they'll all appreciate it. Well, I hope so. I hope so. I I, I know I appreciate uh, you're talking about the the dance, and uh, that's going to get me a little misty eyed because I, I had a little dancer too, and nothing I like more than watching her uh, doing all the recitals and all that stuff. Best dancer up there. So and and it goes fast, buddy. Now it does. Yeah, yep, it does. Uh, yeah, it goes fast, Andrew. The uh, best advice I can give you, buddy, is just make sure you take full advantage of it because before you know it. You know, my son's 22 going on 23. My daughter just turned 21 last month. So um, it's, uh, it, it definitely goes fast. So, yeah, yeah. Luckily, luckily I've had the, I've had the benefit so far of working where I do. So I can, I can come and go as I please. And so I haven't missed too many of the school functions or the school field trips and that kind of stuff. I've, I've taken advantage of it. So good for you. And it, and it is fun. That's for sure. That's yeah. excellent. Speaking of fun, let's talk about coaching in the WCHL really quick, and then, then we'll let you go because we've eaten up a lot of your time, oh. and we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm fine. I, I got nothing but practice in the morning. <laughs> what What's the biggest <laughs> difficulty of coaching in the WCHL? I mean, is it the travel? Since geography isn't a friend, is it the three-game weekends? Is it dealing with the terrible commissioner and the guy who's, who's an <laughs> awful scheduler? Is it dealing with the dumb podcast kids? What's the worst part <laughs> you of know, the, the I, biggest I, difficulty? I, 
you know what? That's a really good question. And I don't, I guess it's like anything in life. I don't look at things as difficulties. I don't use the word problems or issues. Um, so difficulties, I, there's not a lot of difficulties in the Western Collegiate League. I enjoy the league. And, and Chris, you and I have had these talks. I enjoy the league probably more than most. And I can say that because I'm passionate about what I do. But it, geographically, you know, I, I, it's funny. If my wife was sitting here, she'd make fun of me. I, we're a geographical oddity. And what I mean by that is we're 13 hours away from every opponent. And that includes ACHA, outside Western Collegiate opponents. If I go to Vegas, it's 13 hours. If I go to the Ozarks, it's 13 hours. If I go to Oklahoma, it's 11 and a half. Um, when I go to Minot, it's 13. When I go to Arizona, it's 13. So the travel is not a big deal. And, and I'll be the first to say it. Our, our, our players are extremely well taken care of. Um, as you know, we, we ride a sleeper bus for KTE Express with, with, uh, Kevin St. Pierre and, and Tim Atchison. And, um, you know, they've got three sleeper buses. So we, we load up at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night. Um, we usually stop about an hour out of town, get the, snacks and goodies for the boys and the boys are sleeping next morning they wake up and we're at our destination um and then the nice thing is after we leave on the saturday night game you know we, we again we jump the bus and by next sunday morning we're back in boulder so the travel isn't is tough you know i mean when i was coaching north american league my closest travel partner if i wanted to take a bus was wenatchee washington which was 18 hours from fresno cool. california and we didn't have charter we didn't have sleeper buses on the west coast all the sleeper buses companies were all touring buses, you know, Poison or, or you know, those type of buses. And you just, you didn't, you didn't have a, an opportunity to use those guys. So if we didn't fly, we bust. And to sit for 18 hours in an upright position and or sleeping on uh, the floor or with, you know, an armrest in the middle of your back. Um, oh, yeah. That, that was tough. Yeah. But w with these buses, with, with, Frenchie's buses, boy, I tell you, there's not a lot of, I mean, we, the kids got Wi-Fi. We've got Dish TV. We've got, the kids got it made, and, and I have it made too. So really, the travel's not an issue. And as far as the opponents, uh, I, you know, everybody in this league every year is, is a good team or a great team. And, you know, I enjoy the Western Collegiate League. And we go to some really good destinations. You know, I, I mean, I enjoy Oklahoma. Um, you know, I, I really do. I, I love playing UCO and Alberghi's at OU. You know, he's, he's he's doing a great job there. I, I get to see uh, I get to see my favorite my favorite commissioner, um, <laughs> and uh, I get to meet you know guys like Andrew and and Jury's still out on on what kind of person he is. But uh, yeah. at the end <laughs> of the call. at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, like you said, there's really no downside to the Western Collegiate League. I think that just purely on the hockey side. The hockey side is is second to none. I think the hockey side is is good, if not better, than any conference in the ACHA, um, and I believe that. And I know the CCHL and and those guys are are very good. Lindenwood and Iowa State and Ohio and Illinois, great programs. No no two ways about it. But again, I said equal to. Um, and I think the coaches of just it's a really good core group of guys. I mean. Speaking of tentacles, you know, Josh Berge, who's now coaching Oklahoma University, I recruited Josh to play for me. You know, it's how long I recruited Josh's older brother to play for me. Wow. As at the, at the midget AAA level before he committed to, to play for the Dallas Stars. 
So I've known the family and I've known th these young men. And again, Jeremy Law in Missouri State had coached against him as a player. Um, you know, would, at U of A, Chad Berman. And, and, you know, I mean, just just a really good core of coaches within the conference that take it extremely serious, um, very professional, very classy, uh, you know, integrity-laden programs. So there's really no downside to the Western Collegiate League. And I, matter of fact, when I'm talking to my student athletes about recruiting, I do speak extremely highly of, of our opponents because I'm a firm believer you're only strong as your weakest link. And if you can't speak highly about the teams and the coaches in your own conference, um, you know, to me, it becomes problematic, right? And because I, I want, we've had this conversation before, I want the teams we play on a nightly basis to, to be good. You know, we, we don't want to win by 10. We don't want to lose by 10. Um, so the, the disadvantages from Western Collegiate League, and I'm not saying because you're on the phone, Chris, because you know me, I'm a straight shooter. I'd say mm -hmm. it, if, if it smells like something, I'll tell you it smells like something. But there's really no downside to the Western Collegiate League. I think it's, it's, got, it's got a great foothold on the Western side of the country. Um, you know, we've produced three out of the last six ACHA national title teams with Arizona State and two at UCO. Um, we're always in the hunt every year as a, as a league and a conference. We represent the ACHA well at the national tournament from anywhere from four to six teams every year that I've been here. So, um, no, there's no downside to it. And I actually kind of enjoy it's, – it's sad. I enjoy the longer road trips because I get that quiet time with my players. I get the ability to spend time getting to know them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. There's no boundaries. There's no walls. There's no academics we have to jump through other than a few – you know, I got to proctor half a dozen to a dozen exams every weekend. But Oof. other than that, it's uh, – it's a really good situation for us. Um, so I, I couldn't give you, I couldn't give you a negative, even if you wanted me to. <laughs> well, I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you very much. Your check. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wait, before we let you go, you, you've said it, you've coached in the, in the North American league. You've been to Frisco a couple of times. Tell it, you know, Frisco is where we're all going to end up uh, at nationals. Preach a little bit of the, about the gospel of Frisco. Oh, boy, I tell you, you know, Columbus was a great venue. There's no question that playing in Columbus was was a great venue, much better than Chicago and Bensonville. Mm -hmm. There you go. Uh, but, Preach. Yeah, but at the end of the day, in my experiences of circulating, and I worked for the Texas Tornado for, gosh, a decade plus. I was... I was a scout for Tony. Um, I ran his Minnesota uh, free agent pre-draft camp. Um, even when Mark Frankenfeld, the now commissioner of North American League, was Tony Cortali's assistant coach in, in uh, North Richland Hills, which now has become Frisco. So, And it's an interesting deal. When Quentin Bourgeau owned the team and was moving the team to North Richland Hills to Frisco, I was actually in the building with the entire Tornado staff going through the blueprints of that building before it was built and how they were going to construct the locker rooms and how the flow was going to be for offices. So I, I would say I was on the ground floor a lot and I didn't make decisions, but I was there during those inception stages. So, and then to coach in that, in that building, I coached in Springfield and they were a team we played. Um, when I coached in Fresno, we'd always square off with Tony and, and the tornado. 
the Dr. Pepper Star Center right there in Frisco is um, the sheet of ice there is unreal. They've got two sheets. They've got, you know, seating on one side at one point, and it's got the sky boxes and the horks. I think it has around five or 6,000 seats in there. Yep. Um, the venue is second to none. There's no question. It's in all the national tournaments that I've been in part of the ACHA, it's hands down the best venue. Um, Frisco as a whole, as a city, is such a booming area um, outside of that Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, you know, Allen's just down the road with, with the East Coast Hockey League team, the Allen Americans. they got a AAA ball club literally out the back door of the Dr. Pepper Star Center, the Rainiers. And there's not – you can – there's so much to do in that Frisco area away from the rink. Um, it's a great venue. It's, it's For the ACHA to get involved with the Dallas Stars in that venue is hands down one of the best decisions we've made as a league. Um, even the East Coast teams that complain about the travel, and I can say that uh, on record, they're going to enjoy the venue. They really are. The venue is going to be second to none. So uh, I'm more excited about just being down in Frisco. And, and, uh, and again, I've been in that building so many times since it's been built. Uh, years ago, they used to have a showcase in a, in a midget AAA tournament um, mm-hmm. called the EHK Showcase. And one of my best friends, Mike Pilon, used to run that tournament there in Frisco. And it was always over Thanksgiving. And uh, speaking of the time of the year. And we were always in the tournament. That was a tournament I, I never missed. We want to take our teams there. Um, the tornado always played. Um, I don't think there was a year that I'd been there over the three years I coached AAA in Colorado where I didn't send somebody up to play for the tornado and Tony while we were there or the opposing team. Um, so, yeah, I, I got a lot of memories in that building. Um, yeah, a lot of memories with, with referees, Monticelli. <laughs> uh, Mono and I uh, had uh, had a couple go arounds in that building when I was coaching in Springfield, um, and so no. At the end of the day, not to to drag it out, but the ACHA and those top twenty teams that get to participate in the national tournament in, in Frisco, like the Dr Pepper Star Center, are going to be extremely pleasantly surprised um, of the venue of the area. Um, uh, and I think it's just going to make for a better environment all around. Now, obviously, there's no teams that are really close in proximity other than the Oklahoma teams. But at the end of the day, um, second and none, one of the best venues in the country. And for sure, in my experience, you know, going around to some of these venues in the ACHA, um, it rivals uh, the top so far where I've been. And even like Minot State, you know, Minot State's got a brand new 4,000-seat facility. Um, you know, it's a great venue. And the Minot Minotauros play there in the North American League. Uh, the Frisco, Dr. Pepper Star Center in Frisco is, is much better than that. And that's a brand new facility, brand new $4 million facility. And, you know, forgive me, Wade, for saying that, but um, there's no question. It is it's the it is the jewel of, of, um, of where we're going to be this year in, in March as a league for sure. Yeah, yeah. Columbus was cool. Columbus was great. Um, and if uh, if you thought Columbus was awesome, and it was, uh, you're going to get your socks knocked off in Frisco. Because uh, absolutely, it's, it's, it's a it's the real deal. It's a real arena. Um, it's in in you know big screens, sky boxes. You know it's 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 going to be it's going to be pretty pretty special. And uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting down there. It's hard to believe it. Jeez, it's like three months away. Holy smokes. It's uh, as you start to dwindle down the time, as I was talking to my son tonight, he's, he's giving me a schedule of when he's done at, at Williston State, when his last finals are, and how we're going to maneuver through Christmas. And my daughter's coming out from Minnesota, and my wife and I are taking the kids up to Jackson Hole, Wyoming for a few days. And um, uh, it's you cannot, it, like, I'm counting the days, um, and it's like, wow, you know, I and not to mention, I'm going to be gone for, for two and a half weeks prior to nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, over in Russia. So I look at I look at the timeline that I've got to work with and I think, oh my gosh, I'm gonna blink after the new year and it's gonna be, you know, time to be in Frisco. Right, wrong, or different. If we're there or not, I'm still gonna be down there. That's the interesting part. If if for whatever reason we don't find our way down there as a team, I'm not gonna miss that trip. Good, good. I'm, I'm I'll put you come on down, I'll put you to work. I hope I would rather you be I'd, lo- I'd love to. Yeah, I'd rather you be down yeah, there coaching, I, bringing your buffs. Well, yeah, well, that's the plan. That's the plan. And and I think we're – and, you know, you've seen us and you've seen enough good hockey, you both have, that I think we're going to be fine. I really do. It's uh, – we're just – we're one of those teams that um, we're very young, very inexperienced, and uh, we're getting better every week. But uh, now, to get back to your point, like Frisco's uh, – Frisco's definitely uh, – that was – you knocked that one out of the park when we got a hold of them. No mm-hmm. question. There's there, there's one guy on my side. That's what I like about it. Eric Ballard, right there by me. <laughs> the rest well, of these you know, know, think I'm the Antichrist, but boy, uh, yeah. You know, I, well, I, I think that, yeah. Well, and that that brings you a good point, Chris. Like I think at the end of the day, the ACHA obviously everybody's got their own personal agenda in the ACHA, and we've talked about this, and and I've had my run-ins with ACHA teams, coaches. Uh, I think at the end of the day, what we're trying to do for these student athletes is give these kids experiences they normally wouldn't get. Yep. Um, the World University Games and nationals and different venues. And, and you know, instead of complaining and, and worrying about, you know, oh, it's too far to travel or it's, you know, all these elements, those are so easily, you know, rectified, if you will, um, being prepared. And I love the fact that if, as the ACHA, and I've said this since day one, you and I have talked about it, the ACHA has got something that, that other leagues don't have. And I believe that we have the autonomy to do things outside of the norm that enhance the overall experience for our student athletes. Prime example is we get to change venues for the national tournament. We get to participate in the World University Games. Our student athletes get to, you know, participate in student events on big campuses like OU and CU and CSU where 40, 50, 60,000 people are at a football game. And I think that we, as a, as a, a league, especially the ACHA and, and more importantly, Western Collegiate League, if we represent ourselves in a professional manner, you play good, you look good, you feel good, you'll attract some of the best student athletes. And I think making these adjustments as an ACHA team to get our league, excuse me, to get to these venues and spend time with the NHL because make no mistake about it. This isn't a youth program. This isn't the Dallas Penguins hosting the national tournament for the ACHA. This is the NHL Dallas stars, you know? So I think if everybody can get out of their own way and just kind of take a look at what's really going on here, you know, maybe just one day, one of our student athletes will be working for one of these NHL clubs. 
you know, whether in the front office, whether doing video, whether it doesn't matter. But what a great opportunity to get these kids exposed to opportunities and get these kids outside their comfort zone and get these coaches and these schools outside their comfort zone. Um, That's the one thing I think the Western Collegiate League has an advantage of is there's no such thing as day trips if you're not playing your crosstown rival. That's the truth. You know, and That's the truth. Yep. and the, and and the other thing too is what you said earlier about what's you know a disadvantage to the, the three games in three days. I think that's an advantage for us. I think it's a major advantage for us because we have to learn how to manage 180 minutes of hockey, and if we can do that consistently, September through February, it's going to give whoever is in the national tournament from the Western Collegiate League that much more of an opportunity. Because they're going to be prepared for those three games in three days. Boy, you're hey, you're preaching to the choir there. I, I I firmly believe it. I would get my chops busted all the time because we didn't have a playoff and couldn't understand how we could have a conference without a playoff. And you know, I, I can't honestly ask you or you know Berman in Arizona or McAllister at UCO can't ask any of those guys to spend you know a couple thousand extra dollars, tens thousands extra dollars. To go play some playoff games just to have playoff games. But uh, I, I think the beauty of the WCHL, and obviously I'm extremely biased, is that those three-game weekends, as you say, they teach you how to manage 180 minutes over three days in 180 minutes with the 22 to 25-man roster so that you can, you know, you've been there, done that, so that when the time comes to win four games in five days or five games in five days to win the trophy, what we're all playing for all, all year long, you've, you've done this. You've managed, you know, all, all the roster. You've managed the time. You know what you're doing. It's, it's, it's cake. Now you just got to go do it. And uh, there's no thinking about it. There's no extra um, – there, there's no extra – you know, um, um, gymnastics you have to do, you've, you've been doing it all, all along. So it's, uh, and, and the kids have been doing it all along too. That's the beauty of it. You know, so they, it's not like you're asking, Oh my God, you know, this is our third game in three days. How can I make it? You know, the kids in the WCHL, they've, they, they do this all the time. This is, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's cake for them. So preaching to the choir. Absolutely. I love it. All right, well, Absolutely. hey, let's get out of here. I appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for putting up with me. Andrew, hey, before we get, Andrew, you've just kind of been chuckling away here in the, at the background and busting my chops. <laughs> do you have a question for Coach, or do we do we, do we touch they, your 30-pound uh, turkey question for you? Was that it? Yeah, I was going to say, I was, gonna, <laughs> I was going after the 30-pound turkey, so we already got that out in the air. So I wasn't quite sure what you did with a 30-pound turkey, but you told us you eat turkey sandwiches until – you can eat no more turkey sandwiches. Oh, so hey, that's exactly it. Yeah, you know, we, we had exactly quite the it. debate. We, you know, Chris and I, we had quite the debate last week about what one man could do, quite possibly do with a thirty-pound turkey. I would and sleep you, for thirty days. You have, you have answered our question. All that tryptophan. <laughs> well, I'm glad I can, I'm glad that we got something out of this. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah you, you don't get much out of this podcast. Yeah, I mean, come on, you know, we, we, there's. We just there's have one of us that's pretty that's pretty smart and and sharp here, and then we've got the commissioner. So you know, there's <laughs> you're not getting much out of it. So that's right. I, I lower the bar <laughs> so far low. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, well, you know, there's an old saying: if you aim for the dirt, you'll always hit it. 
<laughs> that's where you'll find me most of the time, apparently. <laughs> hey, Coach, Eric, I appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for putting up with us. Thanks for putting up with Andrew because oh. I know he's a real pain. Um, but yeah, uh, you guys are great. I uh, appreciate you uh, taking time out for doing this. I know you've been you you you've been giving me grief for not being on the podcast for a while. So I'm glad that you were our first guest on our third season. Yeah, so that's pretty awesome. Well, I think it's important, right? Like, if nothing else, is you get to rant and ramble and, and enjoy uh, uh, enjoy things. And at the end of the day, it's uh, it's good to talk about what we have. I think we have a great product here, and I yeah. think you know, as a as a commissioner of the Western Collegiate League, you do a great job of 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 promoting our product and our brand, uh, you know, nationwide and, and across the country. So happy to be a part of it, and uh, I'm I'm bummed out that it's taken three years for you to invite me, but uh, <laughs> you know. Told you. I'm I guess I know. Where, I guess I know where I rate. I know oh, where I rate. You're, yeah. you're, you're not the only one. You're not the only one that waited three years for an invitation. So. Oh geez. Yeah. All right. I, on that. I'm a third. I'm a third year guy myself. Third so. year guy. Yeah. Hey, keep it up, pal. You might be a fourth year guy. We might uh, <laughs> put you back on injured reserve. So there yeah. you go. All right, Coach. Appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for being part of the WCHL podcast. Everybody else, just kind of hang on. We'll get you out of here. Hold on. All uh right. -huh.